Hi, this is France Joshua Merida, and welcome to On Point the Podcast, where I invite guests that will allow you to be inspired, informed, and updated with all the issues. So join me as I have my conversations with them on point. another episode of On Point the Podcast and nandito na naman tayo para sa isang talakayan tungkol sa politika. And I have here a very special guest with me. He is a policy analyst and constitutionalist. Everyone, please help me welcome Attorney Michael Henry Yusinko. Attorney, welcome po dito sa On Point the Podcast and thank you for saying yes to this conversation. It's my pleasure, Franz, and of course, thank you for inviting me for this conversation. At uh, again, ayos ko lang po magpasalamat. Sabi ko nga kanina, uh, itong si attorney Michael ay napakag, uh, kumbaga masasabing veterano na sa pagbibigay ng kanyang opinion at uh, marapat lamang na siya ay atin pong imbitahan dahil... Uh, alam naman natin nakakatapos lang ng eleksyon at uh, nagiging mainit na yung mga uh, pagbibigay kuro-kuro o opinion dahil nagsisimula na ngang mag-form no, or mag-take its course yung papasok na administration. So, paunang tanong po, no, uh, alam naman natin uh, the Duterte administration ay malapit na ho siyang bumaba sa pwesto. Uh, how should we look at the legacy of the Duterte administration or how do we better appreciate it? That's a very good question, Franz. And this is actually a good uh, venue to answer that question. So, siguro, we have to be fair, first and foremost, when we look back at the past six years and uh, evaluate or assess the administration of President Duterte. We have to be fair, siyempre. That's that's the primordial uh, requirement. So, okay. in being fair, I have to say na yung administration niya, yung, yung kanyang uh, uh, term as president, produced good results, but it also produced bad results. Okay. Diba? So, actually, kumbaga in simple terms, no? Ang assessment ko sa term ni President Duterte is parang more of the same. Okay. More of the same uh, in comparison to the past administrations, no? More of the same, meaning to say naka-focus sila sa economic reforms. So Okay. Since since uh, the time of uh, President Ramos, all administrations have been focused on economic uh, reforms for a good reason syempre kasi syempre ang importante sa mga Pilipino really is yung uh, jobs livelihood food on the table so all administrations ang kanilang top priority is the economy perhaps kasi we can we can always say na maganda naman but but you know how do we measure the maganda naman or naging mabuti naman compared to the past administrations. That's right. No? So, we have to go into details. So, okay. we actually wrote a paper uh, uh, 
assessing yung legislative performance ng administration ni Pangulo Duterte. So, because I, I, I am a lawyer, I, ako ang naatasan dun sa, sa assignment na yun. Ano? So, meron kaming pag-aaral na ginanap, na ginawa na we reviewed all of the laws that were passed under the Duterte administration. At doon na nga namin nakita na majority of the laws that were passed with the imprimatur of President Duterte were actually economic-related laws like yung CREATE, yung ano pa ba yun, yung Bayanihan, of course, yeah. yung uh, uh, rice tarification. So, that that brought us to that view na yung administration niya was more of the same, no? Na they really uh, buckled down and focused on improving our economy. So, to a certain extent, they were successful kasi nga, uh, uh, I'm not an economist, unfortunately, but I, I know economists have uh, said that kahit pa paano, the administration uh, did good in terms of uh, set, uh, setting down uh, the basics or what is required for a stable economy. Kaya lang medyo na-derail, na-discarrel because of the pandemic. Okay. But still, no? Uh, if, if you recall uh, yung sinabi ng incoming Secretary of Finance, si uh, form, uh, former Governor Ben Jok, no? Diba ang sabi niya, we are actually in, in, a, in a good place right now, no? Kahit na ba, it doesn't seem that way because of inflation. But yung uh, uh, yung structure natin, yung infrastructure natin, when it comes to our economy, I can take it, kumbaga, can take the challenges. And that's what he said. And to be frank with you, I have no reason not to believe him. So, I'm just go- I'm just taking his word for it. Okay. So, to move forward, uh, yun nga, bababa na si Duterte, uh, incoming President Marcos will will step in. No, Sabi nga nung ibang eksperto ng mga tao, dalawa lang or every candidate will always parang bring the flag of uh, administration of change or continuity. Sa tingin nyo, ano po yung madadala ng administration ni Marcos? Is he going to banner the, the flag of administration for change or continuity lang siya ng, you know, ng administration ng, or mga policy ni Duterte perhaps? Given, ano, uh, uh, France, given yung mga nominees niya o yung mga appointees niya sa cabinet, it seems that uh, his administration is one of continuity okay. rather than change. Okay. So, and even the declarations of his economic team, no? Again, sila Senator, uh, sila Secretary Diokno, um, Secretary Balisakan, uh, uh, Secretary Pangandaman, all of them, in their own words, ang kanilang tema is let's just uh, improve on the current situation. So that to me indicates that their mindset is uh, there is no need for radical change. Okay. Okay. So uh, based on that, I would say na yung administration, the incoming administration leans towards continuity 
rather than uh, change. But is that good, attorney, considering na parang same lang? Or should we, you know, aspire for the change? And kung change man, or kung maganda man yung sinasabi nilang administration for change, uh, what needs to be changed, for example, no? how, like, in our, the way we run our economy, what do you think will be uh, the change that needs to be done? And for, for example, itong war on drugs na ito, uh, I've, I'm hearing some news na parang they would continue, but, you know, in another forms. Uh, what's your thoughts? <coughs> Alam mo, that's another uh, good question. No? So, now, uh, because of the current situation we are in, no, that because of the pandemic and also yung serious economic challenges that we face, yung argument that uh, let's uh, put off any radical change, no, sounds good. <laughs> Kung baga parang, uh, sige, uh, uh, I can agree with that. Na for the meantime, Let's be conservative about uh, the way we plot our uh, move forward or move towards uh, that better normal. Let's be conservative. Let's take it step by step. You know, let's lean. Let's lean towards uh, stability, diba? Ngayon, uh, But on the other hand, we cannot also ignore that there are certain aspects that we need to improve on. And you touch on one of them, and that's the that's the uh, issue on the war on drugs, no? Because that's really a serious uh, thing in our legacy as a country, as a democratic country, yes. no? Na, na we will allow that number of deaths uh, unpunished. So, hindi pwedeng sweep under the rug na lang yun, or... Sabihin natin, oh, sige, tuloy natin in a different form and then let's forget about what happened in the past six years. That cannot be the case. No? So, ang position natin is uh, let's be conservative in terms of our economy for sure. I mean, no one will disagree with that, I, I, I suppose. But we cannot ignore the social ills or the political pathologies that uh, we saw during the Duterte administration. And in fact, we have to continue talking about them so that we can determine uh, the changes that need to be done. And I'm not just talking about uh, the government or the administration uh, doing the changes, no. I'm also talking about us, mm-hmm. citizens, us uh, electorate voters, and also uh, members of uh, community members. We also need to do some changing, mm-hmm. diba? In terms of our mindset, in terms yes. of our attitude. So we we recognize uh, the value of stability, of continuity, but we also need to value the urgency of making the changes that uh, we need as part of ano, as part of our growth as a democracy. 
uh, punta tayo doon sa result ng Congress, no particularly sa Senate. Uh, the results would tell us that uh, medyo, or hindi lang medyo, dominated talaga siya ng dynasty. Uh, two brothers, and then isang mag-ina, no? Basing from the recent result. Uh, and yung nakaka nakaka-shock or nakaawa pa dito is that parang para sa akin the right word is that parang mag-decipate yung opposition and alam naman natin na for us to grow as a democracy kailangan natin ng mga opposition voices what do you think uh, attorney na kailangan gawin ng opposition ngayong maliit na lang sila sa numbers nila but for them to be effective and for them to push for their agenda pa din. So, first, I have to say, Franz, that yung results ng Senado, to me, is really uh, a, or the canary in the coal mine as regards the evolution or growth of our democracy. No? Na the domination of political dynasties is really overwhelming us now. Uh, the decay that started with uh, with the house of being dominated by political dynasties, infecting the party system, is now rearing its ugly head in the Senate. No? So, it's really a warning for all of us that if this continues, if this kind of domination of political dynasties and I might I might I may add fat political dynasties. Yes. Yes. That's yes. going to be that's that spells doom for our democracy. Now to answer your question uh with regards to the role of the very uh minuscule minority now in the Senate well they bear a huge responsibility to stem that domination of the political dynasties though. That's now on their shoulders. So they they can they have two options. They have two options in my mind. Number one, they can be simply reactive. Diba? Yung critical yeah. support, yung sinasabi nila lagi na we will fiscalize, we will uh, uh, we will support yes. when it is warranted and then we yes. will criticize when it is warranted. That's just being reactive, eh, diba? They can do that. But they can also be proactive, which is what a true opposition party is all about under the context of a parliamentary structure. No? The opposition is like the shadow government. And they can be proactive, meaning to say they themselves can offer alternative policy options alternative uh, legislation, alternative uh, uh, plans. Kumbaga, they are not just be they are not just waiting to react uh, to what the administration is going to do. Yes. But they will take the steps and be vocal and offer proposals, alternatives to the administration. Okay. So Yan ang, ano, uh, the minority in both chambers, they have that option. Yes. 
I hope they also take the second option and be more proactive. No? Yes. In fact, be more aggressive in proposing alternatives. Kasi we need we need all the ideas eh, di ba? We cannot just rely on the current crop of politicians now in power na puro fat dynasties. Yeah. We cannot trust them eh. So itong mga nasa minority while you know we recognize that the responsibility is huge. Well, my hope is that they they will be more aggressive in offering alternatives. Okay. So Having said that, siyempre, I will also challenge you and I and also the rest of civil society to support them, no? Yes. To support the effort of the minority or the opposition. Kasi their job is very hard. So tayo, it is in our best interest to offer help, to offer assistance to them in any way that we can. Okay. Uh, babalikan ko lang ng konti. You said that uh, parang we are dominated by fat dynasties or the, you know, the general sense that we are dominated by dynasties uh, in, in, in sense, no? Uh, what do you think is the best thing to do? Meron naman tayong provision na sa constitution naman nakasulat but walang enabling law. And wala siyang enabling law kasi hindi naman sila makakagawa because ano sila, may vested uh, personal vested interest do you think attorney time na talaga to open the constitution and you know just uh, explicitly right there na parang no political dynasties at all or doon pa rin tayo sa route na maghihintay tayo or you know let's just hope for new set of public official to actually uh, file and, and actually magkakaroon lang tayo ng uh, law that will uh at least tamper or buffer the, the the proliferation of political dynasties. So, first, uh, Franz, uh, I have to say that constitutional reform, charter change, whatever you want to call it, yes. is not the solution uh, to mm-hmm. our problem of political dynasties. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's uh, establish that now. Yes. And... Uh, set aside that na okay. charter change constitutional reform is not the solution to that problem it addresses a different problem okay. but not that okay Okay. now to your second point no, I have to say also Franz that we cannot wait anymore we cannot rely on our lawmakers to enact that law regulating political dynasties in our political system. Okay. And you hit it right on the head, no? Because it benefits them, eh. The status quo benefits them. Yes. The absence of that law benefits them. So why will they kill the goose that lays the golden egg for them? Yes. So, bottom line is, we cannot rely on them. Di natin sila maaasahan to enact that law. So wag na tayo maghintay. We have to do it ourselves. Okay. We have to act. Okay. We have the solution. The solution to our problem of political dynasties is in our hands. Okay. Kumbaga, uh, wala na tayong ano, magagawa eh. Uh, it's yeah. 
it is what it is. Kumbaga, okay. we are now in that situation na our lawmakers have failed us and therefore we have to take our, the, uh, the cudgels in solving this uh, okay. very, very serious problem. So, kumbaga, we have to elect leaders or officials na hindi galing sa political dynasties. That That's what I'm getting, no? I don't know. That's if... one. Yes. That's an option, friends, And uh, that is actually worth exploring further. And siguro yung political party system talaga. Kasi akin, to my, to my personal view kung may strong political party system, sila sana yung sasala doon sa, you know, officials, kumbaga sila yung magbibiveting process. Although, wala naman tayo ganyan dito. And I don't know kung may mga batas na ba before na napapatupad to even at least fund the political party system, no? Katulad ng ibang, uh, sa ibang countries. I do not know kung meron na bang mga ganyan. But, to me, uh, strengthening the political party system is also one. Oh yes. In fact, that is the best solution to the problem of political dynasties. We must uh, have real democratic political parties. Yan ang antidote sa kanila eh. And you're exactly right, no? Na yung political party system natin ay medyo backward, no? Uh, hindi hindi siya uh, keeping pace with uh, the developments in the other democracies no mm-hmm. so that's that's a that's a big handicap as far as we're concerned but still the reality is uh, we need to organize real parties okay. at yan ang panlaban natin sa mga political dynasties so how do we do that isa pang uh, matinding usapan yan Yeah, kaya kailangan mga pag-usapan natin yung mga uh, yung mga topic na ganito kailangan talaga magpatuloy yung conversation hindi lang dapat matapos sa classroom, matapos sa pamipamilya kundi, you know, uh, different avenues will do kung saan tayo pwedeng makapagsalita uh, magsalita at uh, ibigay yung ating mga nalalaman no? and uh, I just wanna uh, gusto ko lang uh, kunin yung inyong opinion tungkol dito no on uh, several topics number one uh, the composition of the incoming Marcos cabinet because to me no to my uh, to my observation uh, I don't know if you're going to to agree with me attorney to me it's uh, it's mostly uh, political appointee political appointee in a sense that yung mga inaappoint niya karamihan ay those that who ha- who help him during the campaign to me uh, uh, taking in consideration na uh, yung atin hong politika ay ano naman yon uh, given no na parang you appoint people na maaasahan mo but to me it's just very alarming because napaka sobrang dami kong nakikita na parang he's just appointing this Uh, because nakatulong ito sa kanya but ultimately meron naman siyang kanya-kanyang wisdom no but what's your thoughts on this like there's a Remulia and DOJ there's you know there's uh, uh, Ben Hor Abalos in uh, uh, department DILG. of yeah the ILG I mean the, these are the personalities who help him during the campaign what's your thoughts on this na parang 
I do not know kung may vetting process pa sila. What's your thoughts on this, attorney? Uh, on one hand, I share your dismay no, na yung mga nalagay sa kabinete tila bayad utang sa pagtulong mm-hmm. sa kampanya. So, and unfortunately, tama ka rin ano, na this is a common practice. no. So, this is not unique to the incoming administration. Past administrations have also practiced this na naglalagay ng mga posisyon sa gabinete na kitang-kita naman na uh, it is uh, payment for support during the campaign. But I have to add naman na kahit pa paano, uh, the, administ- the incoming administration also put in uh, deserving and really uh, qualified, capable appointees. No? Mm-hmm. In particular, sa, kan- sa economic team. Okay. Yes. So, yung economic team, kahit pa paano, and siguro dapat din tayo magpasalamat na hindi nila, hindi na lang nila, nila inasa sa political accommodation, no? at ang, ang nilagay nila doon, yung talagang very capable, highly respected uh, people. But, syempre, hindi talaga natin maiwasan na ganyan ang politika natin. So, makakapasok talaga yung mga appointees na kamot ulo ka na lang, di ba? Na bakit yan ang nilagay. Yeah. And then, marirealize mo, eh kasi sumuporta ng kampanya. But, that that's really the problem, no? Uh, na yung presidente natin can do that. Okay. That is his uh, power under the constitution na he can appoint anybody he wants subject of course to confirmation by the CA without uh, no no without uh, in a way uh, limiting it na yung mga qualified lang ang ilagay okay so kumbaga umaasa na lang tayo that the president will have the common sense and the common decency to put the public interest first before any political accommodation. So, mabuti na lang as far as the economic team is concerned, eh, binigyan ng importansya yung public interest. But the rest, uh, we'll have to wait and see kung anong mangyayari dun sa mga posisyon na yon sa offices na yon. Okay. Punta naman ako doon sa uh, committee chairmanship nung Senate. Kasi may nakita akong medyo siya para sa akin, no? Na parang medyo heavy duty itong mga committee ito. At medyo uh, binigay sa... Well... Medyo binigay sa neophyte uh, senator or senators. Uh, what's your thoughts on this medyo... Is this good? Is this, you know, is this uh, the practice in our politics na medyo yung heavy duty na committee chairmanship ay basta-basta na nalang ibigay without really considering na qualified pa siya dito? I mean, what's your... So, uh, Franz, yung process of assigning the committee chairmanships in, in both chambers, no? Uh, it recognizes the reality na kung sino yung mga nalalagay doon, obviously, sila yung majority. Right? Mm-hmm. So, given na yun, no? So, 
nagkakaroon tayo ng maliit na pool kung sino yung malalagay dun sa mga chairmanships. Kasi kailangan sila yung part ng majority. But there's also a convention, meaning to say a tradition, in both chambers of Congress na yung mga heavy duty na posisyon, katulad na sinabi mo, eh, dapat hindi ka maglagay doon ng baguhan. Because, again, we have, they have to think about the public interest, right? Okay. Na bakit ka maglalagay ng tao doon sa posisyon na talagang mabigat, talagang importante, eh, kabago-bago lang yung nakapasok sa, sa Senado o sa Kongreso. So, merong tradisyon na ganun. And somehow, eh, I share your observation here, somehow, that tradition was ignored in particular appointees in this Senate. Na, like, for example, si Senator Padilla, hindi ba? Yes. Na inappoint siya dun sa committee. Constitution. Constitutional, Constitutional Amendment, amendment oh. and uh, Revision of Laws, di ba? Yes. Na Kasi traditional... Lang, to my point, wala, uh, to, my, to my observation, I mean, I'm not, ano, I'm not, uh, hindi ko kune-question yung kakayahan niya, but uh, Constitutional Amendments yun, kailangan ng legal, you know, legal understanding. Right, right. I do not, you know, I, I, I do not seem to understand kung bakit naman binigay lang and kung mag-aaral naman siguro pwedeng makuha pero hindi sa ganitong anim na taon lang na pag-aaral so i cannot seem to understand the logic tama ka tama ka friends and a lot of people share your your trepidation no and uh, ganun talaga eh. um, when you elect political dynasties ang talagang uh, primary concern nila is their own interest di ba they instinctively they can instinctively disregard the public interest so kahit nababaguhan yan basta kaalyado at saka gusto nung nung tao na malagay dun sa posisyon na yon eh pwede pwede so these are the really the realities that we have to endure given the fact na talagang ang kongreso natin ay dominated by fat political dynasties. Okay. Last question na lang. Uh, what's your thoughts on the June 19 uh, oath-taking of Vice President-elect Sara Duterte? Uh, kaya ko ito tinanong because uh, alam ko may hand ka dito because you are a lawyer. Uh, allow us to understand kung ano ba talaga yung nakalagay. Pwede bang mauna? Pwede bang... Kasi alam ko magsasabay dapat and to me, no, to my personal observation, kung June 19 siya sakaling magte-take oath, parang para sa akin, dalawa na yung magiging vice president in effect dahil hindi pa naman nakababa yung CVP Lenny. And to me, as courtesy na lang sana, sana hintayin na lang yung June 30. Ano ba ito? Ano ba? Pwede ba talaga to? Because the comic said, there's nothing illegal about it. What's, what's your reading of this? So, France, ang nakalagay sa ating saligang batas ay the president and the vice president assumes their office on June 30, noon, June 30. Okay? okay. Pag sinabi mong assume the office, that means 
they actually become president and vice president only on noon, okay. June 30. Mm-hmm. So, if you take an oath earlier than that, that has no effect at all. Okay. It produces no legal effect. Mm-hmm. Now, bakit bakit pwedeng mag-oath earlier than June 30? The simple reason is wala namang kasing batas o regulasyon na nagbabawal. Mm-hmm. So, pwede niyang gawin 'yon kahit sino pwede gawin 'yon. In fact, it has been it has been done before for different reasons, no? But the thing is, na kailangan nating maalala, matandaan is kahit na ba nag-oath siya on June 19, she doesn't become vice president. Mm-hmm. She is still the mayor of Davao. Okay. And VP Lenny is still the vice president. Yeah. So, she only becomes the vice president on noon, June 30. So, w- w- wala tayong parang dalawang vice president. Na, di, okay. Walang ganun. Okay. So, uh, kahit na ba mag-oath siya pa, kahit ilang oath pa gawin niya, okay. she will still be the the mayor of Davao City until 11.59 of June 30. Thank you for clearing that out. No? Kasi nakukuha ko din niya sa mga messages or sa mga comments ng iba. And thank you for shedding light. Kumbaga, wala naman akong legal lens dito. Thank you so much. And uh, just to formally close this uh, conversation, I just want you to you know, give message to our listeners, to the Filipino people. What is the right attitude no, for us to move forward? Or tapos na yung election. What's now next? Ano na yung dapat gawin ng mga voters, yung mga Filipino people? Ano yung dapat namin gawin? So, friends, again, uh, I appreciate your invitation for this conversation very much. And I hope you continue with this podcast and help uh, our fellow Filipinos understand the issues that you know we are facing. Now, for my final message, I would say to all our listeners, um, we have to continue to be aggressive in understanding and comprehending what's happening in our country. And I hope that uh, talagang dibdibin na natin that the domination of fat political dynasties is really a very big problem. It is a serious existential threat to our democracy. And we have to do something about it. No? Uh, kailangan talaga natin uh, ayusin yan. Otherwise, our democracy will die. And when that happens, eh, tayo rin ang kawawa. Tayo. Ikaw, ako, at saka mga nakikinig sa atin. Ang magaganan siya lang dyan, yung mga political dynasties, and then, uh, saka yung mga kaalyado nila. So, tayo lang ang kawawa. So, we have to do something about it, and uh, we have to do it now. And that's it for this week's episode of On Point the Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our official social media accounts to keep you updated. This has been Franz Joshua Mirida. Until our next conversation, here on On Point. <laughs>